Dive into real estate. What are you waiting for? Welcome to the Dive into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast, where you will learn some of the newest strategies and simple techniques to get into real estate investing. This podcast is about helping you take action and motivating you to dive into real estate for financial freedom. Now, your host, Cecil Rose. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Dive into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast. I have another special guest on the show, Chris Cratter. Uh, Man, Chris is exciting to have Chris on the show. Uh, Chris is a real estate agent and an investor, a successful entrepreneur with multiple highly successful businesses in the Washington, D.C. area. He's also the host of his own podcast called the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. Uh, His team is called the Redux Group, has grown to bring in over uh, 160 million. Uh, That's been since 2020, so I'm sure that they have much more now. Uh, He has become one of the top real estate professionals in the world, consistently closing as many as 65 deals a month, which that's probably has also increased. The thing I like about Chris, though, is he is a family man, six kids, and uh, I'm sure been married to his lovely wife, what, 22 years now? What, how long has it been? 21, yeah, December, or sorry, July, what is it, July 15th, uh, 2000. So it's pretty easy to remember the dates, right? Right, right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, Chris, man, welcome to the show, man. uh, I appreciate you rescheduling because me being on the show, I know we had Hurricane Ida out here, but uh, we are up and running now and uh, appreciate you. So Chris, man, just just jump into it, dive into it and tell us a little bit of how you started and and uh, where you are now and and uh, how is the business? I'm sure it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been it's been incredible. So um, now I say it's been incredible, but let me just say this. As much as it's been incredible, there have been some really dark times too. You know, anybody that says it's a straight shot to the top is either lying or it's just crazy, right? Yeah, or or, or uh, what is it? Winter is coming. If <laughs> it's been a straight shot to the top, um, you know, for me, I was in ministry. Uh, I guess when, right when I graduated college, early two thousands, two thousand three. My wife gets pregnant and. You know, I was on staff with an organization called Young Life, loved Young Life, but made no money. Like, I mean, 20 grand a year, which is awesome. I mean, it was fine. Like, I, I loved what I did, changed my life. And I, I was so excited to be helping other people. Um, but when, when my wife got pregnant and I knew I needed to make a little bit more money, I, I just, I went to the library and checked out every book on real estate investing. I made 12 times what I made in a year in about four months and was able to continue doing ministry for a while. And then as I had more kids, the money just started you know, going away, right? You're like really fast. Even as kids can say amen, right? Um, but uh, the money started going away. And then, um, yeah. And, and you know, so I started uh, flipping houses again. This was after the crash. And I know you and I just t- were talking and you got your license essentially to, to flip short sales like I did. And, uh, you know, that I, I started flipping some short sales. And during that time in ministry, I always led large groups of people. I went back to school and got a doctorate in leadership and uh, loved leading people and helping people accomplish goals that they had. And so I read Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Agent, and it had a path to uh, netting a million dollars. And so I, I, I got excited about it and, and opened up a uh, retail branch of our business 
and work towards that net of a million. We kind of hit some snags uh, after a couple of years where we stalled a little bit. And at that point, that's where I went back to my roots, the investor roots, and really tied the agent side of the business with the investor side of the business. And then we we continued to launch. And now, you know, like you said, last year, my team uh, sold $167 million worth of real estate. Um, I got uh, a number of, uh, I, I've got 11 businesses, um, it took us uh, five years to get to a place where one of the goals, like the benchmark goal, in my opinion, and, and I don't know why, but it was probably because the name of the book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, was netting a million dollars, taking home a million dollars. And it took me five years to do that. It took me two years um, to get to where our company made a million dollars. took me five years to get to where I kept a million dollars. And uh, and then we... Uh, and then I started building all these other businesses as well. So that's that's my story. That's where I'm at, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so how many business total businesses total do you have again? Uh, eleven. Eleven between myself and my wife. Yeah. Okay. Eleven, yeah, 11 businesses. Wow, man. That's that's a, that's that's a blessing. That's a blessing. You know, um, I wanted to speak about this because I know people don't share their story as much. And you mentioned ministry. I do prison ministry out here. And I know this is a real estate podcast. Who do you but do prison I ministry with? Uh, with uh, Bethany. Bethany Church out here. Yeah. That's awesome. My wife, um, my wife, when she first started uh, right out of school, she was, there's a guy named Chuck Colson who started Prison Fellowship. And uh, she was his ghost. She ended up, you know, doing some marketing stuff and she became his ghostwriter. And it like the, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I love that, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, man. Cool. Nah, it's, it's all good, man. I, I think being grounded, like listening to you and how long you've been married, your kids and, uh, you know, that having that type of especially when you're getting into in this in this realm of real estate and making a lot of money and everything like that. Um, I think seeing that did that keep you grounded, like your faith, your foundation coming up from that and um you know, to, to now, even to now, because a lot of people don't talk about that, but I'm sure we'll get into some of the, some of your pain points, but can you share a little bit about like how your faith kind of, you know, cause it seemed like you were got it. I know ministry wasn't paying a lot. And like you say, it blessed you, but some people, you know, God puts us in marketplaces where we can have an effect, where our influence could have an effect. And it seems like that's where you were raised to be. And that's where God has put you right now. Would you say that? A hundred percent. And here's the tough thing. You know, I, it's, it's so funny because I talk about my business. I talk about my life. I, and, you know, and, and when you listen to podcasts and you listen to uh, people that speak on stage, like I got, you know, I was speaking on stage right before COVID, right before all these in-person events stopped. And, you know, me and a number of the speakers, we were going out to dinner afterwards. And it's so funny because, like it looks like our businesses are these race cars because like these sports cars, you know, awesome. Right, but right. then you pop open the hood and you realize like some of it's rusted out, some of it's not perfect. Like even though you're making good money, but like you're like, man, I'm I'm really not firing on all cylinders here and here and here. You know, and I and I think you know just faith wise, it, it's it's very similar to that where you know on the one hand like things are really good. It keeps you grounded. It keeps your true north. It reminds you to to be humble because you know honestly. Like you're not God, you know, and you, right, right, you, right. you were created and, and you are, you are the creature, not the creator. And, um, and all of that on, on the other hand, 
you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm an idiot. Sometimes I just don't do what I wish I would do. You know, I don't act the way I would act. I say I'm mean to people when I wish I wasn't mean to people. I, I don't care about people when I wish I cared about people. And, and, you know, I'm always fighting to be, to be a better man, you know, to be a better husband, a better dad, a, you know, just better human. But, you know, like you just say something and you're like, man, I wish I had a mulligan with what I just said. <laughs> I wish I could take it back. And so, but yeah, like that's the cool thing there is, um, you know, as, as a Christian guy, as a believer, I, uh, you know, I read my Bible every day. It reminds me of who I want to be. And, and some days when I don't act like who I wanted to be, you know, it, it, it reminds me of my true North and, and all that. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's, it's imperfect, you know, imperfect forward progress, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, it's so great because to have people out there, um, which was bring me to my my next point. Like you were actually, uh, I think you said you were ten million in debt at one time, right? Oh yeah. So oh, um, man. I'm sure that you're probably pulling your hair out and everything, and really just trying to figure a way. Tell us a little bit how you grown from being in ten million, or how that actually taught you. And I guess I'm sure that sticks with you today as a motivation. From being um, ten million in debt to what now one hundred and sixty million or more in real estate. Yeah. So, so the crazy thing is, I mean, yeah, I, I've got a guy on my team who is just wanting to move fast. Like he's one of my my best buds, and I love him, and I love the fact he wants to move fast. But he's he keeps almost cutting corners, and I'm like begging and pleading with him, and you know he's. His response to me a lot of times is like, well, you're there now. I got to get there faster. I don't have the time to. And I'm like, bro, you trust me. I was like, I was like, you do not want to go through this. Trust me. Take like learn from from the pain that I went through the nights where my like literally my hair was falling out of my head. I was grinding my teeth. And I was like, just learn from from this, this stuff. Bet on deals that like there's always risk but you win when you buy, right? So don't bet on something where, you know, hoping that the market's going to go up, hoping that, well, maybe somebody will pay a little bit more for this than, than what the comps are saying. Um, but win when you buy, like, like really keep yourself from getting into risk. So what happened for me was Jim Collins in his book, uh, How the Mighty Fall, which is, it comes after good to great um, because like good companies start off really good and then they, they start falling apart. Well, I see this in business all the time. And for all you new, newer investors, you're going to make a lot of money at some point. If you do the right things, you'll make a lot of money. And then you're going to feel like you got it all together. You're going to think you're the man or you're the woman or like everything is perfect because I did. And almost everybody I know, you get a couple big wins and you're like, man, everything I touch turns to gold. But then what happens is you start making decisions based on, on hubris. And that's what Jim Collins calls it, the hubris born of success. You start making bad mistakes, thinking that everything's going to win. And then all of a sudden you start losing. That's where you lose big, big money. And so for me personally, we won and I was able to find deals. And so I found all of these deals and I was borrowing money from people left and right and, and making stuff happen. And all of a sudden we had so many deals that I could not make ends meet. Um, because we couldn't get them turned over fast enough because we had so many deals. And I realized I had, I owed $10 million. And so I just had to get out of that as fast as possible. So I was doing stuff like creative financing where I was the one being creative financed, right? Because I just didn't have time or ability or the money to, to re rehab these deals. Um, and a lot of them were DC, like multi-million dollar condo conversions. 
And, uh, and so thankfully I got out of it. It took me two years. Um, it cost me $660,000 and it took me two years to pay that back. Um, but man, I, it made me who I am today because I knew I needed to work extra hard. I mean, the hours I worked, the time I worked, all the stuff there, it's, it's like when you break a bone, they say it heals back stronger where it broke than where it was. And as long as you're willing to learn from past mistakes and not just dwell on it, not let them eat you alive, man, those mistakes can make you such a better man or such a better woman, as long as you're willing to learn from it. Right, right. Right. So now it seems like you have that time now. Um, you have six kids, you have a big family. So I'm sure time is probably one of the most important things to you. Uh, and then your real estate business, you say you have 26 real estate agents, 26. Yeah, agents. that's right. Yeah. 26 yeah. agents on the team. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you, how are you managing? <laughs> how is that? How is that manageable for you? And I, I think it's still continuing to grow, right? Yeah, no, we're, we're growing like crazy. And uh, I'm always looking for new, uh, new agents. And so, yeah, and if you're in the DMV area, hit me up. I'll tell you, I'd love to, uh, right. I'd love to talk to you if you're a good salesman. Salesperson. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so, so one of the things I learned, you know, I was a part of Keller Williams. We were ranked number 20 in all of Keller Williams. I like 200,000 agents um, before we jumped over to EXP. And I love Keller Williams. I think I've got nothing but great things to say about Keller Williams. Um, one of the things Gary Keller said in like when he mentored, like some of the top agents in the company. And one of the things he said is you can have as many businesses as you want, as long as each one has a, has a folder and has a face of the person that owns that business that makes it better. And that face is not your face, right? So somebody else has to own it and has to be running with it. And then you can impart energy to it, but it can't, you cannot be the bottleneck for it. If you are like most of the businesses are going to fall apart. And so, so that's kind of how, how that works. Now, I will say, you know, as, as we talk about um, things that, you know, where I am on my growth path personally, I mean, I like to work a lot. Like that's like one of the, like, I just enjoy it. Right. It's right. so funny. My dad and my brother, um, my dad and my brother, they, they loved puzzles when I was a kid and I hated puzzles, but I realized now as a business owner, all I'm doing is putting together puzzles in my mind and I love doing it. Like, and, and I was also a, an athlete and I loved, um, I loved to compete. And one of my good buddies, he was like, man, the business world is where like old retired athletes get to go to compete now. And, uh, and it makes me laugh because that's, that's been kind of the, the key there, but you know, I love it, but I, I'm always fighting with, um, you know, because I want to do more and I want to keep going and I'm having fun with it and dialing back and saying, but I also want to raise my kids. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. And, you know, it's, it's that constant battle that we're, we all wrestle with in life. Right, right, right. So the, being a real estate agent and an investor, what, what makes you think someone would choose a real estate agent quicker than an investor? Cause I, I mean, I'm an agent and I don't, I get calls more for traditional, but for good deals and all that, everybody's calling me as an investor. You got wholesale deals. You got any deals off the market and all that. How are you, how did you transition from that, um, <coughs> taking advantage of that, you know, when I guess both hats, you would say? Yeah. So, so for me, I would just say this. I think, uh, I think it's amazing. 
to be able to do both. Because right now, for whatever reason, the world we live in, investors live in one side and they feel like agents suck and agents live in the other side and feel like investors are like, you know, Wild West cowboys and, uh, and cowgirls like doing crazy stuff. And the reality is, I think the, the future of real estate is a coming together of the agent investor. And there's all these investors out there. I will say this, success leaves clues. And if you look at all of the major, major big wholesalers or fix and flippers or all, they're all licensed like, or, or have somebody in their organization that's licensed. So I don't think this like separation is really where it's at. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a coming together. And actually EXP actually changed their, they didn't allow wholesaling for, for licensed agents in their organization. Um, but when they started talking to me, the president of the organization and their lead compliance brokers got together and said, okay, let's create a system so that we can become an investor-friendly brokerage because we do believe this is the future of it. And, and you are one of the biggest agents out there that like marries the investor side and the agent side. And so what I see is if you're, in, if you're a massive investor, wherever you're involved, whether it's your church or soccer fields or football fields or sidelines whatever it is, you know, everybody's going to come to you and ask you questions about real estate. And I'm like, well, you might as well be able to connect them with an awesome agent and get paid to connect them with somebody awesome because most agents aren't awesome, right? And so you're able to connect them and you also get paid so you can monetize um, being in the business. The other side is this, if you're an investor, if let's say 20 people call you and say, or you talk to 20 people and they all say, I want to sell my house. Well, 16 of the, like four of them are going to sell at like, you know, 65 to 80 cents on the dollar, right? Four of those people are going to sell way below market of the people that said I'll sell. Well, what about the other 16? The other 16 want retail prices on it. And so that's where I created my, my uh, coaching program, REI Revive, which teaches um, real estate investors, how to make money on those other 16, because somebody's going to get paid. It's just not you. And so I've been seeing wholesalers and fix and flippers, like brand new ones making, I mean, literally one of my students, it's, I'm so proud of her, literally in their first 30 days, she made four grand just by kicking out uh, these deals to, to, to agents that, that were just going to be dead deals. Right. And, uh, and then I've got really massive uh, clients that we work with. One of them we literally, my, my personal team sends them $60,000 a month in referral fees um, on deals that would normally be just dead in their, their database. Like literally 60,000 a month, that's three quarters of a million dollars a year that they were just throwing away in their database that now they're able to monetize by uh, bringing together the agent and the investor. Right, right, right. So are you with these, you know, as wholesalers, we have a lot of dead leads. Are you uh, taking those leads and maybe doing cold calling or something like that um, to pick these leads up and, and maybe convert them into, into deals? Is that one of your um, strategies with uh, dealing with a lot of wholesalers that may say it's a dead lead? I had a, you know, I can't do anything with it. They want retail for it. So is that one of your strategies you've been working on or have worked on? Yeah, that's what, that's what we teach. So, so most investors get, get the idea and understand. They're like, man, if I can, I should just kick this over to an agent and get paid on. But the reality is like, if you talk to all of the investors that I know, there are almost no investors that are actually making real money on this. And it's because 
it's it, like just on the base of it, you know, Malcolm Gladwell calls it the blink test. As you just blink, you're like, oh yeah, of course, these people want to sell. Why don't I make money there? But the reality is they called an investor for a reason. They don't want to talk to an agent. There's more, there's more uh, real estate agents than there are properties for sale in any market right now. Everybody's brother's uncle is a real estate agent. Nobody wants to talk to a real estate agent. So if you understand the scripting, the process, why they called an investor, and how you create a, an offer for these folks, you can make tens of thousands of dollars every single month and literally pay for all of your marketing so that anything you make in your wholesaling or fix and flip business is completely profit. Right. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Yes, yeah, true. That's, that's, that's a good strategy. So with everything going on right now with the, the moratorium, which has ended, do you find that uh, pre-foreclosures eventually uh, will be coming back or um, you think that's going to be a market for it? Um, what have you noticed since then? Or you have been focused on that or something else, basically? Because you got a lot of business going on and I'm sure <laughs> these deals uh, not, may, may not even be worth the time anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. So, I mean, part of my, my business, you know, I'll, I'll flip, you know, I flip a number of houses every year. I, you know, I'll wholesale deals, I'll, I'll connect buyers and, and sellers. So, so I'll do those things. You know, the majority of my business tends to be uh, on the retail side, but I do all of the above. And the other piece too is, and I, I hope all your listeners get this. They see themselves as investors if they fix and flip and as they wholesale, I just want everybody to understand that is still a job. It's a job. It's, it's a transaction-based wealth, which means you have to flip a house. You have to wholesale a house to make your next check, right? Um, the difference is you need to get to a place where you're wealthy. And wealth is defined, I love this definition, it's where your money works harder than you work. Yeah. And so you want to be able to go from a place where you bring in income and then you buy houses and properties that you hold on to that will kick out passive income for you, where you have an asset that's being paid down on. So your net worth's growing there, but it also cash flows. So you have money coming in every month. That's wealth. Um, the other stuff, it's still a job. You can create a big, massive business that, that does it without you. Um, but it's, it's pretty difficult to do that. So what I would just say, and what I've been saying to everybody is, is definitely do the stuff that will bring in the cash, but use that cash to buy assets because the assets are what's going to make you wealthy. So Chris, do you still invest in, um, well, from, from your learning experience in the past, have you, I'm sure, do you invest in coaching? Do you have coaches now? How important is that? Or has that been for your, you know, as far as how your, your level have you, you know, seeing that you've grown, how important is that? <laughs> You. I love I love that question. It's one of my favorite questions. So so to win in, in any of investing or agent side, whatever, to win in a business, it's activity and skill, right? Talk to enough people and you're going to get lucky enough to get deals, right? It's, it's funny how that works, right? You get lucky because I talked to a thousand people. Um, number two is skill. I spend 10% um, of my income on coaching, masterminds, personal development. So I spend over $100,000 a year on personal development. Every day I'm listening to at least an hour, I'm doing an hour of personal development, right? So I am, I am growing myself to, to grow my skill. So I think paying for coaching is, is just a no-brainer, right? So working, so I'll give you an example with my course, right? And it sounds 
Yeah, I know this sounds a little self-serving because I'm talking about my course, but I just want to, I'll, I'll just use it because it's, it's one of those things that makes sense, right? So everybody's like, oh man, I can just throw these leads over to an agent. Why am I going to pay any money to have somebody teach me how to do it better? Well, here's the thing. If you can get to a place where you're making somewhere between four and $10,000 a month on this, um, you know, like within 60 days, that's awesome. Now, let's say if you wanted to figure it out yourself, you could, right? No doubt about it. But I've seen people working on it for, for six months, a year to get to a place where they're actually starting to make money on that. But just think about that. You know, you pay, you pay a little bit of money to, to get a course that's going to get you there within 30 or 60 days, or you take a whole year and how much money have you given up? If it costs you between, if you can make between four and $10,000 right away, you've given up, you know, over a hundred grand or, or 60 grand if it's five, if it's full, whatever it is in that time. Now take that to any place in your, in your business. Let's say it's, it's marketing, right? Well, you figure it out. How much money does it cost you while you're just trying to figure it out? Maybe it's, it's scaling. How much money does it cost you when you make a bad hire, when you make the wrong hire, like all of these things, you pay a little bit of money to compress the decades of, of, of learning all that time into learning into days. So you can shorten the learning curve. Paying for coaching is the smartest thing you can do. And I'll tell you, the first time I hired a coach, my wife thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And I, I kind of thought it was stupid too, but everybody kept saying, this is the right thing to do. And I, I've really gone off the, I really believe people were, were success leaves clues. Right. And I see that all of the top people in, in, in investing and in the agent world, they all have coaches. So I'm like, all right, well, if they all do it, then I should do it too. You know, because like there's something, something to it, right. Success leaves clues. So I, I did it and it was so funny because, you know, my natural tendency is to work hard, right? right? And so when I started, I mean, I was working, like I was just working too much. I'll just say that. And, and so the first coaching call I had, my wife actually heard it on speaker and the guy was, uh, the guy was talking and he was like, hey, when you go on vacation, are you, are you taking calls? Are you working? Are you doing? He's like, that means it's not vacation. That means you're just working remotely. And my wife overheard this and she's like, you know what? I think I can get to like this guy. <laughs> and that was the start of it. And then I've, I've added on, I've got a marketing coach. I've got a mindset coach, I've got a business coach. I've got, you know, a team coach, you know, I've got, anyway, I've got coaches in all these different places. And I mean, one of the masterminds I joined, it cost me about $15,000 a year to be a part of it, but I can, I can directly correlate um, $250,000 of income last year um, to that $15,000 um, that I paid to be a part of that mastermind. Wow. So, so tell us, Chris, how would a person start? You know, the name of this show is Diving a Real Estate Investing for. Where would you advise a person to start? If they were just starting out brand new, say, <coughs> hey, I don't want to get my license. You know, I don't, I don't want to be a real estate agent, but I want to get into real estate. Like, where would you, where would you tell that person to start? Like, what, what, what advice would you give them? I would say two things. One, um, I would say you, you should really contemplate getting a license. And um, like, I, I think I think every investor should. And I know it, it's so funny because a good friend of mine, which if you Google his name, you'll see him all over the place. A good friend of mine, Tom Kroll, I remember he used to be just totally anti getting a license, thought it was like the worst idea ever. And uh, after we started talking and he saw how you could monetize all the, all the dead leads, now he's, he's a believer. It's so funny. 
Um, and he's like one of the top real estate investor coaches in the world. Um, so I would say you really should contemplate that. And then second, um, I would say the fastest and easiest way to, to win in, in the investment world. And the cool thing is you can also list these properties too, if you had a license, but it's called driving for dollars. And most of you guys have probably heard that phrase. Um, but if you go, there's an app called deal machine where you download it and it literally will, will give you a whole map. You drive around, oh, and use the code UNCOMMON. They'll give you a discount on everything. They'll give you $200 worth of free marketing and free data. Um, but it is uncommon on Deal Machine. But literally, you drive around. It'll map where you've driven around. And if you look for houses that are dilapidated, a little bit under the, you look around and let's say like the grass is too long or the, you know, the shutters are falling down or it just looks like a mess. You get, you find a bunch of those houses. Now, here's the thing. It usually takes about 150 houses to get a deal. So um, one of the reasons why investors usually fail is like they'll find five houses, they'll call them and not get a deal. And they'll be like, oh, this sucks. This doesn't work. It doesn't, you know, like bottom line is, is if it were easy, everybody would do it, right? It's 150 houses, put in your time, do the work and you'll get it. I mean, heck, if you want a six pack, right? And you're, you've been eating too much pizza and you want your belly, you know, you, you want to literally have a six pack down there. Like it doesn't happen overnight. You got to put in the work to get there, right? Same thing in real estate. You got to put in the work. So, so drive around, get your, get your 150 houses and then sit down one afternoon, one Saturday and literally just call through everybody. And then Sunday, call through all the ones you didn't get in touch with. And you just call them and call them and just offer to buy the house. Now, once you get somebody to say yes, I was in the same place there where I got somebody to say yes. And then I'm like, oh crap, now what do I do? <laughs> like, this is crazy. And I'll, I'll tell you, there's, there's, all, there's stuff all over the internet. There's classes, there's, there's things that you can take that'll help you get there. What I did, and this, you know, again, this goes back to the agent thing. This is before I was an agent. Um, I just found a real estate agent who is a friend. And I just said, hey, I think I've got a deal here. It's way under market um, from what I think. And, uh, I was like, do you want to just split this deal with me? You do all the paperwork, you put it together and we split it. And what I found out since being in the business, um, this is a really common occurrence. It's, it's called JV, which means joint venturing with somebody. So you find somebody that, that knows what they're doing and you JV with them. You, you give up half the deal, but here's the deal. Like you don't have the information. So what you're paying, you're bringing the deal, they're bringing the information and then you split the deal. It, it makes a lot of sense um, on that, right? And and when you start doing it, you're making less money. But think about a doctor, right? A doctor, when they're learning, they go through residency so that and they're not making as much money. They're working to learn so that later on they can work to earn, right? And so that's what how I would say the new investor should do. Go. Go do driving for dollars, go around, be a little neurotic, be a little crazy. Every time you go out, like drive through a different neighborhood until you get your 150 houses. And then, and then if you, even if you don't get one with 150 houses, do another 150. Don't quit. Don't be a punk and, and say it's too hard. Everybody says it's too hard and quits. That's, that's, that's loser mentality. That's loser thoughts. Don't be a loser. Be a winner. And winners just keep going and, and, and keep doing it. Like, could you imagine if Tom Brady got tired when, you know, he, he's slow, right? Like everybody knows Tom Brady's slow. Like he's running like as a high school kid. And he's like, oh, everybody's faster than me. And then he quit, right? That's, 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 that's not how winners think. Yeah, consistency, man. Lee is follow-up, is in a follow-up, the consistency. 
that's what make this business good. And like and like we always say, like my uh, good friend Joe McCall, we are in the marketing business. We are not actually in the real estate. The more you market, put yourself out there, whether it's real estate agent or wholesaling, investing, people know about you. So, Chris, I appreciate you being on the show. Is there anything else you want to add? Like, how can uh, the listeners get a hold of you um, to learn about your course, uh, your podcast? Again, uh, can you give us some some information? Yeah. So if, uh, if you want to, if you are an investor and you're, you want to just check and see if there's a way to monetize the dead leads, um, go to whole, or, or actually just go to my website, chriscraddock.com and click the link apply. And we'll give you a call and either myself or somebody on the team will reach out to you. We'll check into your business. We'll look at it. We'll make sure that you're making, you're, you're doing enough as far as bringing in enough leads or have a strategy to, to monetize those leads. And, uh, and we'll work to see if we can, if it's a good fit. And if it's not, we'll tell you that, that it's not a good fit yet and, and what you would need to do to make it a good fit. So that's one of the best things there. Two, um, on Instagram at Crad Rock, um, I, you know, I'm on Instagram. I, everybody was so generous with me when I was first starting out. I'd reach out to people who I liked on their podcast. And uh, they, I couldn't believe how many people would respond and answer me. So I've tried to make sure that I'm doing the same thing. I get a lot of I get a lot of DMs, so sometimes it takes a little while. But my promise is that I will respond to every DM um, that somebody sends me. So if you go to at Crad Rock, which is an old high school nickname and not really my last name, uh, it's terrible and cheesy. But uh, if you want to send me a DM, um, you know I, I'd love to help any way that I can. Yeah, I appreciate it, Chris. Actually, I'm gonna also have those uh, the information he mentioned in the show notes. Uh, again, Chris, thank you, man. Thank you for being a go-giver. Thank you for being on the show. Appreciate you. And uh, to the listeners, hey, go get that information and uh, let's get going. Um, so yeah, thanks again. Appreciate y'all listening to the podcast and we will see you on the next show. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dive Into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast at diveintorealestatefornewbies.com.